Welcome to the Didi and Latel Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latel. Hello and welcome to the Didi and Latel Show. It's another week and the weather gets better. No, it? it doesn't. So supposedly, uh, he, he, yesterday was opening day for baseball, a, a non-relevant, non-interesting game, especially in April because there's real sports like hockey playing. Bruins clinched President's Trophy yesterday. That's why I'm wearing the 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 blueberry the the Sudbury blueberry bulldogs exactly jersey for that. And just to get you to understand, the Winter Classic that was played in Boston was played in the warmer day. Then yesterday is baseball opening night. Yeah, it was cl- exactly cold. Exactly. It was warmer to play hockey. Luckily, I wasn't around, but yes. yes. Good. Yes. Super excited to have today a guest with us. Hi, Elle. How is it going? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Super excited because first, we still didn't have enough female on the show. So yes. this is something we're working on. So thanks for helping me with our stats. And second, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is career and recruiting and how to get into the security field if you're not coming from security and all those topics that we really care about. Those yes, are the, we do. The things we're really passionate. So maybe I'll let you introduce yourself first. Thank you again for coming. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor to be on the show and uh, I hope I can add some some value to to the discussion I'm sure today so I guess a little bit about me um not sure how far back you you kind of want me to go but I'm originally from the UK so I'm uh, not not from the US and I have a fairly I guess traditional route from an education perspective in that after school I went to university I uh, have a degree in film television I'm so glad to see that the thousands I've spent on uni is is a uh, Is going to good use in my career but uh, yeah after that I as most people did kind of found a found a job that was very much a clock in clock out kind of scenario I worked at a spa for about four or five years which was which was great but um, certainly didn't quite stretch my mind and stretch uh, my thinking and challenge me in the way that I would have hoped so um, I got into working for a company called Stanton house and so that's where I still am today and so we're a specialist recruitment consultancy originally headquartered over in the UK and And um, a friend of mine was working there and she actually introduced me uh, to the company. And I'll be honest, my first thought was, I don't like recruiters. <laughs> um, I, don't like, I don't like recruiters. I don't like salespeople. That's not, that's not how I interact. And um, I was very skeptical, but I knew that I needed something to really kind of challenge me. And so I went for the interviews and I was actually concerned about getting offered because I thought I'm actually going to have to actually make a decision here. And the role that I went for was not in recruitment. I actually started as a compliance coordinator. And when I read the job description, I had no idea even what that was. No idea. But I went for it. I got offered and I thought I'd take the plunge. Anyway, fast forward. I saw that the way that the consultants behaved at Stanton House genuinely was, was different to what my assumptions were. They very much customer focused, acting with integrity. There was a real authenticity to the way in which that they dealt with their customers. And so... So um, within a couple of months, I stuck my hand up and said, hey, I, uh, I want to be a recruiter. And it was kind of a scratch head moment for them. They were like, we've never had someone from a support function move into what we call function. 
can she actually do it? So there was a moment there and they had me shadow the consultants for a good month. They put me through some rigorous interviews. And when I did you like your certain certain rigor around your interviews, I definitely had that. But it was deemed I, I would I would be I'd be a good fit. And so lo and behold, I became the first um, support person in Stanton House to, to move in, into being a recruiter. And then fast forward another few years, again, I decided to make another move and that was to come over to Chicago. So our US is headquartered out of Chicago and, uh, and we focus on cybersecurity. So anything, I guess, that is in the cyber world breaks down, I guess, into three key pillars. So we've got a team that recruit for security folks, so that CISO reporting line and down. We've got a team that recruit for product and engineering talent. And then the team that I work with, which is covering all of go-to-market. So sales, sales engineering, custom success marketing, that is our bread and butter. And the niche that we have is that we are working exclusively with vendors, predominantly in the startup space. So anywhere from seed funding through to to pre-IPO. So yeah, I've been in the, the windy city physically now for about five months, experiencing expat life and the whirlwind that comes with it. But, but yeah, uh, that's uh, a little bit about me. Well, spring <laughs> is coming, so it's going to be better. No, it's not. It's Chicago. I know. Chicago is, it goes from like bad to another form of bad. Too humid and hot. The, the upside of Boston, the only upside of Boston it, is... Summer is hot. That's no, fine. May, May, to, May to October is probably, this is the best place in the world. Yeah. Minus the bugs. Lots of bugs. I, I love how you describe the leaning forward and going for it and doing the transition. You don't come from this background. Neither of us, we talked about it before, like yeah. uh, we come from, you come from med school, I, I did biotech, we all changed careers. I, I think that is the story of so many people in this industry of yeah, coming from different roads in life. Super interesting. Do you think about, you know, diving into this world of acronyms, what companies are looking for? How do you see this space coming as an alien to it and how? Yeah. embedded in like bringing people that are actually been in the field for many years. I'm kind of like curious about your kind of experience. Yeah, it is like learning another language, I feel. Interestingly, when I first made my move into recruiting, there was a couple of different teams that we were assessing where I would be a good fit. And one of the teams that had, a, I guess, a position available was actually the cybersecurity team in the UK. So to recruit, recruit cyber folks. And I think that was my point where I was like, no, no, that, that's far too much at my comfort zone. I, I can't, I can't recruit cyber. I have no idea what any of it means and how are any of the individuals that I'm going to work with take me seriously? How can I be credible? So I actually opted to join an accounting and finance team instead. Not that I'm good with maths or anything at all, but I just thought cyber actually really scared As me. As if I this I is less complex and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and <laughs> for sure. And both sides are somewhere on the spectrum because you have to be very meticulous and detailed oriented to be an accountant. You need to be very meticulous and de- detail oriented to be in cyber. Yep. All of yeah. them attract. Yeah. So oh, it's oh, funny oh. that you thought that FNA will will be easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. For some reason, the thought of cybersecurity scared me. I thought I'm not technologically savvy. There's nothing. How am I going to service this 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 market as well as I want to? So I did accounting and finance, but then obviously coming over to Chicago, where our focus is all cybersecurity. I was kind of thrown into not having a choice, and it's like, okay, I I need to I need to I need to 
just go with it and, and give it my best shot. And I think the the thing that I always like to do when I'm recruiting for um, companies is find that kind of tangible thing that I can really connect to and resonate with. So when I was in the UK, um, I'll be honest, I didn't resonate with spreadsheets and <laughs> numbers. But what I resonated with actually was working with a lot of um, biotech and medtech companies, because I think that there was a wider purpose there. And it was really tangible how they were supporting people and helping people and that that meant a lot to me and with cyber obviously again it's for want of a better phrase stopping the bad guys doing bad things and securing people and so there's another tangible reason as to why it is so important that we that that, that we kind of uh, operate in this space and get the best talent in this space so yeah to go back to your question what do I think of it? it it's a whirlwind there is so much that I'm learning I'm definitely by no means an expert at all but I'm giving it my my best shot, and I think I know a little bit more than I'm giving myself credit for. I maybe. think you do. Yeah. We we spoke several times. I mean, <laughs> give yourself some credit. I'm just wondering. Absolutely. I'm just wondering in terms of the why do you think you need to know? It's it's probably a, a dude thing because I always say that uh, me knowing nothing about a topic doesn't prevent me from being an expert in it. He he's doing his best to be an expert uh, to look like an expert in any topic on earth. Yes. All you need to do is speak. have the confidence. Exactly. Bullshit, yeah. bullshit shamelessly with confidence. Now, all jokes aside, um, I'm just thinking that when I was partnering with a very, very good recruiter at Cisco, my requirement from her was not to understand the tech. It was to understand the thing that all of us, Dennis was on the show, so you can understand that he and me together have like a skin deep understanding of human interactions, but actually understanding the human of understanding that this person cannot fit with you guys. This is the where I was hoping that recruiter Amy, by the way, did an amazing job of understanding that. No, 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 you don't understand. You'll cross this person's soul in like three weeks. Th- this level of understanding, do you, do you find that to be more valuable? Do you understanding the technology finds to be more valuable? What, what, what kind of, is the added value of the the recruiter and understanding the topic versus the understanding the personas, the the, the people, the the need? Yeah, no, no, no. You're you're so right. And if I'm honest, before I I, I started actually recruiting, that that's what prohibited me from even considering cyber as an area that I could recruit because I thought I I wouldn't understand it. And actually, as it turns, I probably understand it a bit more than I I would have thought. But that's that's beside the point. Um. As I as I was growing throughout my career, I learned that actually the value that I bring is that I am an expert in my field, which is which is recruiting, and and that's the value that I bring. So whether I'm speaking with uh, a chief marketing officer or a chief revenue officer or vice president of sales engineering, whatever it is, these guys are experts in their field. But what I bring is the knowledge of the market. I know how to thoroughly interview and vet individuals. I kind of can help bridge that gap. And I've got the ability to assess, hey, it's not just about someone's technical capability and what's on their resume, but what are some of those softer skills that actually are so incredibly important in any organization? And, and really, that is how you communicate. How, how resilient are you? How, if you're a leader, what's your kind of leadership style? What are the traits that you attribute to being a successful leader and really getting under the skin of those? So that's, that's where the value does come in. You're right. It is being an expert uh, as a recruiter, both for the client and the candidate, right? If you're a candidate looking, it's, it's pretty daunting. It's a, it's a job in itself looking yep. for a job. So. Absolutely. That's, yeah. It takes so much time and effort. And if you're doing it while you have a full-time job, it is so hard. 
Exactly. Yeah, no, it is. And and it's for us to try and help support and take the pain away from that. And even if it's not us that has the, the, the privilege of getting to place an individual, to know that you've supported because you've given them resume advice or you've put them through your own kind of mock interview scenario and, and given them feedback, because let's face it, you guys don't, you don't interview all day, every day, but we help people all day, every day. So there are nuggets of information that we can give that I think really do help people and and it's about building that long-term and meaningful relationship. So I don't like to be what what I call a CV monkey. So this isn't about shoving a few CVs in front of a hiring manager's face if he, he or she needs help with a recruitment on a role and fingers crossed something sticks. It's really working as a partnership and being an extension of the team. We're not here to, to make lives harder, but, but make the process smoother and easier for both parties. I have to say as a recruiting manager, recruited tens of people uh, over the years. This is so hard, like that the stage of like scanning through resumes, thinking this will be a good candidate while not having somebody that can help on that and do it in a meaningful way and identify those unique talent that you should go after, this is a full-time job. Like sitting on LinkedIn and LinkedIn recruiter and searching and searching for people and saying, let's go after this person. Oh my God, this is so much time consuming. This is so hard. And attracting those people that actually have a job and maybe don't want to join you, uh, that's another thing. So like, uh, uh, yes, I think Everyone that is recruiting need it, right? Yep. That it, yep. It's so hard. Yes. Uh, although I have to say, I, I never read resumes. I, I send people the homework and say, do the homework. But you do look at the LinkedIn. Like I, I look at the LinkedIn, where, but what they did. But barely. It, it's like, think of the, the developer life. Developer interviewing is the easiest thing and the hardest thing. Because most of the people that are good are in their jobs and are not going to leave their jobs. Yeah, true. Uh, the majority it's of you, true, actually, yeah. everywhere. The Didi and Latal Show will return in a moment. The Didi and Latal Show is sponsored by ORT. In today's world, identities are the perimeter protecting the organization and are the most exploited vector by attackers. If your security teams are struggling to maintain control of identity management tools, ORT can help. ORT offers a centralized platform for discovering, monitoring, assessing, and remediating identity threats to your business. While most security platforms can take weeks or months to start identifying and remediating risks, with ORT, your security teams can get started in as little as 30 minutes and start securing the identity perimeter immediately. ORT will surface the most critical vulnerabilities and give your security teams the recommended action steps. Start your trial today at ORT.io. That's O-O-R-T dot I-O. The DD and Latal Show is sponsored by Hunters. Hunters is a SaaS platform purpose-built for security operation teams. Providing unlimited data ingestion and normalization at a predictable cost, Hunters helps SOC teams mitigate real threats faster and more reliably than SIM. Visit Hunters.ai to learn more. The two jobs that are the easiest to hire and then fire are engineers and sales. Sales, they can do whatever they want. If no money's coming in, I don't care. They could be just have bad luck. No money coming in, they need to be going. I don't care. They could have the worst selling 
style, the worst bedtime manner, the worst anything. If money's coming in, I'm good. And with engineers, you go into to GitHub and you see number of commits. And if there's no commits, I don't care. There's, there's no code coming in. And same goes to the test. If either they can code or they can't. I think this is where my... I think people that heard about the Viking ship thing that Dennis and I are talking about is the... As long We have as an have, episode. If everyone, wants if to, anyone wants to check it, yes. feel free to check the my, Viking ship. Yes, my world is smart and get shit done. These are the two things that I care about. Every, everything else doesn't matter because it's, it, it's not rocket surgery. It doesn't require millions years of training. Either you can do this or you can't, and you can learn from other things. I've now graduated 37 programming language, give or take. What's, what, what's another one? Well, the only thing I, I would I'd slightly challenge maybe on from the from the sales perspective is I think that you can, let's say you have a, a sales rep and they are, attainment is 150% quarter on quarter and they're absolutely amazing, money's coming in. Sometimes a magnifying glass comes off the process that that individual has and what it is that they're actually doing. Are they being consistent? Are they building relationships? And you, know, you think, great, money's there. And you have one month where suddenly they've, 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 missed, they've missed a target here or there. And, and, and actually, I think how a salesperson responds and reacts in, in a time where maybe the market's not as great and it's lucrative or things haven't gone their way or whatever it is, that, that's when it's really important. So I think it's always, it's, all, it's always key to kind of keep that magnifying glass on, on what people are doing, having integrity of the data, being really clear about what your correspondence looks like with who you're speaking with and building relationships because I, I think that's that's important it's not about a quick win this is this is the long-term thing that's that's really important absolutely yeah. it's consistency I mean especially in all those go-to-market function you want it it's it's a long run um totally agree I wonder we, we just touched about the market. It's it's crazy times, right? A lot of layoffs. So I'm sure you have a lot of candidates working with you. I wonder what are the trends you see and you yourself working with startups, but also maybe your colleagues that recruit for CISO roles, for other technical, like is something shifting? Do you see change? Are those people that have been on the market finding new jobs? Are there People hiring around that kind of like, I'm sure everyone wants to know we have people that are currently looking for jobs and maybe we can help them with that, which would be good. So give us a sense of like, what are the trends you're seeing? Because I think everybody is confused at the yeah, moment. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting time. And I think that there are, to sum it up on a whole, there are kind of three key things that are impacting the market at the moment. So you've got the, the aspect of, of VC funding, you've obviously got what happened with the fall of SVB and obviously the tech layoffs. So the market has contracted. It's, it's been a tough quarter given the macroeconomic environment that we're in. So I think if we think about the VC funding to begin with, if we look at the data in 2021, let's say, that was a record year of VC investment into cybersecurity. Boom. <laughs> Literally, yeah, probably circa 2022. 0.8 billion, if I'm remembering my facts correctly. And then last year we saw a decline. So it went down to about 15.3 billion. So that decline in VC investment obviously has, has an impact on, on what we see in the market and having some uncertainty around what on earth is going on. 
So I think it will be more competitive to secure funding. I do think that there will still be some M&A and activity and I think private equity will probably kind of play its part in that as well. But certainly that kind of holding back on the on the the, the VC funding is is definitely impacting the market. And if 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 there's no investment going into these companies, then there's going to be no need to hire. So so that's kind of one of the things. Obviously, with with SVB, it's I mean, that's such an imperative kind of factor in in any kind of startup ecosystem. And so that obviously, whilst it kind of seems to have turned around relatively quickly, thank goodness, and and, and people got their, their their money back and so forth, that has a ripple effect, right? Um, yes. And it kind of does affect the, the the confidence as to what's happening in the market. And then obviously you've got the the tech layoffs, which so many people have been part of. I've I've spoken to so many incredibly talented individuals who have been caught in a riff and it's just something that is incredibly rife right now. What I do think though that we have seen in the last few weeks is there has been a slight shift and I think a shift in terms of a nudge towards being more positive. So we've seen probably an influx in enterprise sales hires and most companies will probably hire individual contributors first and and that's the first sign of of confidence in in the market. So they hired those salespeople then they hire in some sales leadership. Then marketing comes to be able to feed into those people that they've just hired. Sure. Then investment starts going into customer success. My colleague, Josh White, who actually set up this practice four or five years ago, he he shares a lot of information about what we see on the market on LinkedIn and various other platforms. And he's an absolute kind of knowledge master on, on what's going on. So I've definitely learned a huge amount from him. But I think that we'll probably see another quarter dominated by sales hires. And then that will obviously, I guess, have a, have a, a ripple effect on the rest of the year. It's being slightly more positive. I surely hope so. I, I looked at LinkedIn lately and like, I feel like the this bad news from people. Yes, I was part of layoffs. I see now a lot of them like just starting a new job. So it might have taken them eight weeks to find a job. But it's also, let's not forget, it does take time to find the right thing and to go and get interviews. So. I do feel like I don't have the data, but like just randomly looking at LinkedIn, I see this ugly thing that they have, with this thing that LinkedIn gives you uh, when you, the congratulations for yeah. a new role. They need to change it. God, yeah. please, LinkedIn, if you're listening, please change it. <laughs> the, the, Bring a designer to do something nicer. The, so, but, no, uh, so this is the, where the, you don't understand. They have about 18 to 20 different designs. This is the default one. So people just don't read. It's just, the little thing with the cherry on yeah, the top yeah. of but, but that's the, because, whatever it is, which but, I don't know. But what that's it what is. everybody picks. That's because people are lazy and they just pick the first one that comes up. The other ones look <laughs> better. Yes. I'm going to check. Just check for curiosity. There's at least one that looks like a, somebody surfing. <laughs> we live in LinkedIn. So. There, there's at least something that looks like somebody surfing. So. There are nicer ones. Okay, but back to <laughs> the point. Back to the point is how do you, in terms of the, you mentioned a little bit of, of the time. This is something I, I will recommend for people. So Lital and I always have this conversation about hiring. When you go and look for a job, most people that go look for a job, they start looking for a job when they, they suffer. And I always say, never jump from, jump to. Mm-hmm. And people never listen to me, by the way, on this thing. And they and and they end up in the same miserable spot about a month later into the new job. I keep telling people, understand who you're gonna work with. Take the time. Take the time. Pause. Pause. 
It's an a, opportunity. A, a, ask people about the, your boss. Because if, if you're a new person and you're going to end up working for me, there could, you might end up being scarred for life. If you're not built for it, yes. If you're not built for it. And, ah, and, I cannot and, ask and, for that. And I'm really straightforward and I tell people, hey, ask about me. Understand that I'm very demanding and I'm very to the point. And if you fuck up. Nice. I'm not going to be nice about it. You're not it. nice. I'm not nice. I, I am not nice. Ask my kids. I am not nice. The, the, the thing is, but by the way, if you think I'm not nice. Are you telling it to recruiter? Yes. All when, the time. When, so no, if to... you're hiring Al, you'll tell her you need somebody that can handle me. Yes. Not being PC, not nice. Very, very, very much so. Yeah. I tell, I te- so there's two things that I, when I talk to recruiters, there's two things I tell them. A, ask the person if they've ever worked with Israelis. Because this is, uh, it's a cultural thing. The, <laughs> the, it, it, there is the bluntness aspect. And second is, I don't care where you find people, how you find people. If, my, if the resume pool for me is not 50-50, I, I don't care. What do you I, mean 50-50? If it's not 50% women on the resumes that are coming into me, After the third dude, and if I don't get a lady, you, I'm not getting another resume from you. I don't care. I just and, and answer reject. Hmm. Very, very, very blunt. So that's how you push for diversity in your team? You, yes. you want to get uh, from the recruiters 50% so of resumes? I, I will not hire not the best person in the pool. But if you look outside, the population pool is 50-50. I don't care. Find the 50-50. Interesting. Do you get a lot of such requests, I wonder? Yeah, we, yeah there are definitely some, some customers that we've worked with that obviously they are, uh, I guess, having a, a, either a diversity push or it's something that is incredibly important to them to have a very diverse panel in terms of the, the shortlist. So absolutely, that is something that we've, we've, we've come across. And I think as long as, as long as, It's very clear in the partnership that we're we're recruiting based on on skill and 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 talent and the person that can it is best suited for the role then 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 that's fine absolutely we we want to see more women in cyber I've got a whole podcast that i'm I'm creating on this it's only twenty four percent of of females make up the cyber workforce, and we need to really up those numbers so I think anything that we can do to I guess promote women in cyber is is really important but yeah no I mean Delia I have to say that I I appreciate the directness and I think that it is really important that people are aware the, the characteristics of the individuals that they're working with so as long as you're clear and I'm clear then then I think that that works well and that's that's how we're going to get the best solution not just for the company but for the candidate too because I yes. think candidate experience is really important and That's something companies need to be be mindful of, but but yeah it's uh it's it's something that we we have come up for sure, yeah, so on the point and and I'm sure that you have other great advice for people looking for a job or or kind of like just looking around i I think this point of like really putting for yourself a roadmap of what you want to achieve in your next company like what is it is it going to be big is it going to be small are you going to a startup and then put some realistic framework around it what would 
make you successful in this and also ask people if what you have in mind is actually true. That's an advice that I would put to people, I would give people because uh, I've seen a lot of people, for example, wanting to move from big company and work for a startup. They have a dream, like they, they've done a career in corporate and now they feel, okay, I know it all in a corporate, I want to move to a startup. And I've seen people suffering from this move. Because you think, oh, it's going to be so cool to be in a startup. But the reality is there is nothing cool about startup. No, there, you there come is. to there, a startup. I disagree. There are a lot of cool things to do. We'll to talk work, for a second. But, 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 uh, but, it, but it's different. So very espe- different. especially when you talk to salespeople, they expect to have no, a BDR and the marketing organization. And then marketing, can... any role. I, yeah. I, I think in any role, even dev is different. You need to understand when you come to a startup and the more early stage it is, like let's talk about series A to series even C. People think I come to a startup in a series C startup. It's still that there are no well-defined processes. Most of the tools are not there. You need to build things from scratch and figuring it out. And it's not who is doing blah, blah, blah. It Most of chances you'll get an answer of like no one if you want it to be done. You go do it. So there is way more, way less defined work. You need to define your own path when it's a startup. You need to work hard and it's not for everyone. So even though it sounds super cool and a lot of people were like, okay, now I've done my 10 years in corporate. Now it's time to move on and do a startup. I really wanted you to go speak with people that have done this transition and ask yourself, are you going to be happy? Because it's not for everyone. We've done this transition. I'm, I don't think I'm going back, but who knows, to corporate. But that's something I think really important for people to consider. Are there other things you think, like, what do people need to set themselves for success in the next role when they're thinking about interviews and moving on in their career? Yeah, it's uh no, it's an interesting point. The corporate world versus the startup world are very, very different spaces, and the scope of your responsibilities are going to be near enough polar opposites. And I think people need to be really, really mindful of that when they're thinking about their career journey. I think if we're if we're talking about people who are kind of maybe first looking to get into cyber, then you know some of those larger corporate companies are obviously that they're well funded to have uh, more process around certain training programs and, and it's probably a really good foundation for people if you're first getting into to, to cybersecurity and meeting all sorts of people from all walks of life. And I think finding yourself a, a really good mentor who has maybe seen both sides of the coin as well is 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 probably important. But you're right. I think that if people networking is key and to your point where you mentioned earlier around don't don't kind of have to jump into a an opportunity because you've been forced into it you get the pleasure of doing it it comes back to that whole thinking more long term so you build the right relationships with people you network with people and you you have you need to be a bit like a sponge you have to have that curiosity to learn and yeah I think that it's something as well that needs to be really probably an instrumental part of the recruitment process because I don't think we want to diminish people that are coming straight from a corporate going into a startup, but really making sure we can get under the skin of, okay, do you fully understand what it is that is 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 required if you're coming into a, a smaller environment? 
how is it that you're actually going to intend on approaching your first kind of three to six months? How are you going to respond if you, you know, have a, a customer issue, but you've got no process in place that you're aware of, uh, of how to deal with it? What's, what's your response going to be? Where have you dealt with that challenge previously? So everyone kind of wants their first opportunity to get their, I guess, foot in the door a little bit. So we don't want to diminish the right people, but filtering out those that, hey, it's it's not going to be kind of quite right. So yeah, I think be, be having that curiosity to learn is incredibly important. I think if you can be someone who is disciplined in, in keeping up to date with the market, you're listening to podcasts, you're reading, you're really immersing yourself in the 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 space that you're operating in in cybersecurity, feeding your knowledge continually. That that's all really important as well for you, kind of developing your your career journey. Uh, I think, by the way, that soon we need to get to our tail end. I think we're at thirty three minutes. Yeah, that's oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking of my. I have a meeting in the, at one o'clock. Okay. Well, sorry, I'm time. trying to. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Uh, it, it's us. We can talk forever. We can talk forever ever, and we'll have the topic. Exactly. Uh, the only thing that I will mention is the a little bit of a nuance about corporate and not corporate. So when I was going to the hockey game on Saturday, I went with Dennis and Omri. Omri is our youngest. And he wants me to go back to evil corporation. He says, you don't understand. You're not maximizing your potential. This is the big thing about the difference between corporate and startup life. The paycheck looks very, very different. Very different, especially people that are upper in the in the upper echelons. And the problem is that you told him how much you can make. Yes. Make. So him and Dennis This were making is... fun of me for the entire game. And, and Dennis says, well, your dad has a superpower that makes him very powerful in corporate. And Omar says, what? He says, he's able to deal with idiots for a very long time. He's able to take deep breaths and, and survive that. And that he defines as my superpower. He says that he will never go to a corporate without me protecting him from the bureaucracy and the process and all these things because he cannot tolerate process. So you're the same, by the way. Cannot tolerate process. Cannot tolerate process. I hate red tape. I cannot tolerate process. I'm exactly. good in breaking stuff. Excellent. So <laughs> since we're running out of time and I, we can keep on going and maybe we'll have you again on the show because there's so many topics to, to discuss. We have a little game that we play when we have uh, guests coming in. Yes. So you'll take it, Didi. I'll take it. And now Lital and Didi present Prove You're Not a Robot. Three final authenticating questions for our guests. So, L, if you were a cybersecurity superhero, what would be your name? And who would play you in the Hollywood movie to follow? Okay, so I think my cyberhero name, which uh, has very recently been solidified, would probably be uh, Elwood. <laughs> <laughs> However, I wouldn't have her play me, though, in, in, in a movie. I would, have, I would actually have Johnny Depp play me in, in, in a movie. Ooh. No, that, 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 that would be very interesting. Yeah, I would have him. I think that he puts on so many different hats. He's very agile and he can morph like a chameleon into different characters. And that how I like to see myself being an expat, being a recruiter, dealing with so many different people. Yeah, I'd have him play me for sure. He in will a movie. be funny as a yes. recruiter. Yes. You, know? uh, you do know that his daughter is also a very, very good actress. His daughter with Vanessa Paradis. She appears in a couple of Kevin Smith movies. 
Yeah, Lidley Rose debt. Yeah, yeah, definitely following in her father's footsteps. It seems. Yes. How would what would be your favorite waste of time on the internet? TikTok. <laughs> anything specific? Is it the dances or anything else? I'm just else? thinking. You are aware that everything you do on TikTok goes to a certain country in Asia, right? Look, I've heard, I've heard what's going on Another. in the news, but I'm operating in Bliss's ignorance right now because <laughs> I, I really enjoy the mindless scrolling. And my, my guilty, pre- guilty pleasure is that when people do like clean with me on TikTok, I clean absolutely love it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So they literally do. They show you how they clean their house, like what products they're using. Love it. I absolutely love it. I think it can be a really good learning tool, actually. Um, it is. But. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, TikToks. Definitely. Well, we had some coming on the show. Amit told her like how the tutorials, both on TikTok and on Instagram, of uh, how to hack systems. So it's like it's a great place to learn stuff. I would imagine that there is a lot of uh, cybersecurity TikToks out there that probably. I mean, look, you take it as social media, right? So take it with a pinch of salt, but there are some nuggets in there that can be pretty educational. And yep. yeah, even some career kind of recruitment perspective ones helping you navigate your, your, your career and so forth. So take it with a pinch of salt. It's lighthearted. I wouldn't, I wouldn't kind of put everything on it, but it helps, helps some time pass. What was your first computer or your first encounter with technology? Probably it's so I think it was at school when I was in an IT class and I've got this really vivid memory of I think he had a military background actually my IT teacher and he absolutely scared the life out of me that I didn't want to ask questions <laughs> and maybe this is where my fear around tech kind of stems That's from. That's bad. But... Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I wish you didn't have this. Uh, I know I know but I'm yeah so, I, that I'm was my first. Me. You should never put the, us military types in the classroom. Well that's why you're not a teacher. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah it was a, an interesting encounter. It was teaching us how to to formulate making a, a light switch or like a kind of uh, like a traffic light light switch go on and off on and off and I mean yeah no no idea I'm not technologically savvy at all <laughs> well you are starting a new podcast and you just mentioned it and I was uh, uh, really fortunate to be on the podcast so we'll put in the show notes also link to your podcast so excited about the topic Al is like promoting women in cybersecurity we're trying awesome. to get more women in cybersecurity I think this is an endeavor that we really need in general more diversity uh where we're talking there about you know how anyone can get into cyber no matter what your background is and there yeah. are so many roles that are not that technical so even if you feel oh my god I don't have stem background I don't have comsci can still do a lot of roles, can work for companies in customer success, customer support, uh, sales, marketing, of course, uh, recruiting. Engineering. Engineering, uh, so many roles. So it's not necessarily just day in, day out working with vulnerabilities. So uh, that's something that we really want to promote. We care about more people joining this industry. This is where the future is, right? Yeah, and don't forget, we said that we're adding another question of, because you're a recruiter and so many people, who else should be on the show? 
So I would say I think you should be definitely speaking to my colleague Manesh Patel. Um, okay. So he he heads up our product and engineering team at Stanton House, and uh, yeah, Didi, as I said, I think that you would have certainly a lot to speak about with him. He's he's amazing. So I would one hundred percent have him on the show. Okay. Definitely going to awesome. have him. Definitely Thanks for that. Thank you for the tip. Excellent. No worries. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's honestly been a pleasure to speak with you both. A pleasure. Same. For us. Thank Bye. you so much. So everyone on the show, thank you for joining us today. We hope you liked it. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. We are here weekly. If you want to be on the show or you have somebody that you would like to recommend to us, please reach out to Didi or myself on LinkedIn. See you next time. Have a great one. 